Welcome, everybody, to another fantastic episode of your favorite Miami Dolphins podcast, or second favorite, or least favorite, Midwestern Fins. It's your boy, TV Taylor Ballard, Ballard78 on Twitter, and as always, joined by my trusty co-host, Matt Hagler. Matt, what is happening today? It's just good old vacation, Haggy. Just living the dream. Very nice. Well... We want to introduce all of you to our first guest in a while. We've been super excited to have this gentleman join us, and it's been such a long time, but this is going to be a fantastic time. Allow me to introduce to you Midwestern Finns' favorite Miami Dolphins season ticket holder, our man, Tank. What up, Tank? What's up, gentlemen? Wait, real quick, guys. Hold on, hold on. I just got a breaking news alert. The Miami Dolphins have signed yet another corner. Let's go, boys. What a way yeah. to start the podcast. Another corner has been signed. Because, you know, we don't have enough of those. Well, we uh, got a breed competition, I guess. Right, yeah. We're going to have a whole starting defense of just corners out there. Who has more corners One for the earth? Rusher. All corners. All corners. Let's go. <laughs> All corners. Yeah. Uh, the one, the one ten defense. Yep. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, damn, I have some shoes to fill, and I'm, I'm, I'm the first guest in a while, so uh, feels good to to be on with you, with you fellas. It's always a great time. Uh, yeah. So you know, it's uh been been a while. Took a hiatus, and um. I'm glad Sometimes, to be gone, so let's get the ball rolling. Yeah, well, we got lots of Dolphins talk to get to. I think the biggest one that we haven't discussed, obviously you just had some breaking news, but we have not had an episode since the Miami Dolphins had the 2021 NFL draft. So maybe we could start there. Um, let's uh, let's start it off with this. Haggy and Tank, who was your favorite pick? I already know. The answer for Haggy, I don't even want to discuss it really. I already know it. But Tank, maybe give me what your favorite pick was this year. Non non Dolphins related? Favorite Miami Dolphins draft pick this year. Um Well, I'm gonna be honest, since I was in a hiatus, I really wasn't following much the the pre draft um for the Dolphins. So I was high on on Devontae Smith. I was high on um, on Kyle Pitts, um, but if I had to pick one, I would say, uh, and following up and reading up on it, I would say the safety. Uh, uh, Holland, Holland, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I have I have some good some good feelings, some vibes about him, and um, I think him with Roll back there and uh, Jones from last year, the third rounder from last year which played really well when uh, McCain went out. Um, I think both of them, uh, all three of them are going to be really, really solid. And I think, I think next year it's going to be Jones and Holland backfield. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't believe Roe will, will stick past, uh, will stick around past this year. So um, yeah, I would say, I would say the addition of Holland and I'm not going to lie. And I am excited for, for, for Jalen Waddle. However, I did like Smith. But again, I'm just a fan, so what the fuck do I know? <laughs> We're all Twitter GMs a little bit. Yeah, Twitter GMs, of course. Uh, but overall, I mean, yeah, and and yeah, I'm excited for. It, so let's see. Uh, they they definitely address some some needs 
Um, you got they, you know, they got a lineman, another tight end, because apparently we also need a lot of those as well. Um, and you know, they waited, they waited to the end to draft a running back, um, which I felt that was a position that needed to be addressed way, way earlier uh, than when they addressed it. I think that's probably a, a common trend. Haggy, do you mind uh, explaining to people that might not pay attention to you who your favorite NFL draft was? Or for the Miami Dolphins, I guess? Jalen Phillips. I didn't care about the rest of the draft after that pick. I mean, I watched it, of course, and I got really excited for Holland. But after after Jalen Phillips, I, I said, they could pick anybody in any round, and I'm still happy with this draft. Um, You've been table for an edge rusher this entire time, so I think uh, the first defensive end off the board. Yeah, it's been a, we might have a been long the second. Time. I think I think pay went before us, maybe, but I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. We took the best one, skill wise. We'll see how he holds up injury wise, but you know, it's all good. Yeah, I'm with it. Well, well something. I guess. Uh, um, I. I am also a big fan of the Holland pick. Um. I was also high on Devontae Smith, kind of like Tank said, but I'm not sure if I have a favorite individual player. Um, I'm excited for Dokes because I have a friend that has had season tickets to Cincinnati, and he shot me a message after the Dolphins drafted Dokes saying that we got a stud. So that'll be cool, even though it was a seventh round pick. pick. You guys have heard me say before that you know I treat anybody after the fourth round similar to an undrafted part of the no expectations gang gang but mm-hmm. with that being said the dolphins first let's say the first four picks were arguably the best position players at the respective positions yeah the best wide receiver on the board some people argue that Jalen Phillips was the best defensive end in this draft. Same mm-hmm. with Holland. Same with right tackle from Notre Dame. Those mm-hmm. people would be willing to argue are the best players at those positions. And the tight end that we did had more numbers than Kyle Pitts all season. So maybe the first five picks, arguably the best picks. Obviously, it's early, and we don't really know anything. If ratings were to directly translate, the Dolphins had an A-plus draft. Yeah, uh, the, and the, 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 the interesting thing is, um, if you look at last year's draft, and you look at this year's draft, and you, you take out uh, the, the tool factor, right? And I'm not talking about the play on the field. I'm not talking about the performance. I'm just talking about the draft, right? Both drafts. Um, if you take away Tua from last from last year's draft compared to this year's first five picks, this year you have a better feeling. It feels better. It was the right moves versus last year's with the exception of Tua. And sure, a lot of them are, you know, young, but um, 
you know, we saw them play. Um, but I just think overall there's more excitement. There's more there's more hype. There's more belief that these first five players, like you mentioned, Tay, are going to make a bigger and faster impact than, let's say, the players from last year. Because uh, Iggy wasn't great. Um, the, the linemen wasn't great either. Uh, very shaky. Um, so two right there in the, you know, in the first and the second um, didn't really play well. So I think definitely this year's draft has a lot more excitement, a lot more um, positivity towards the future than I would even say last year's drive, even with Tua, just to be honest. Because I think, I think the excitement was Tua, and then uh, everything else was okay. But this year you have Waddle, you have Phillips, you have uh, Holland, and you have uh, Inkenberg, I believe, the, the 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 tackle. So you have guys that were, you know, are all highly rated. And across the board, the Dolphins from all pundits, ESPN, CBS, all everyone got great draft ratings. And that's been, I'm sorry, draft grade. And it's been a long time since that since the Dolphins have had a a, a you know overall great draft grade uh, from these pundits. So, um, you know, it's exciting and I hope, uh, and I think everyone the same, you know, here and, and out there, all the fans hope that these five players, uh, and also the ones in the later round, um, can make an impact. Uh, and I think all eyes are going to be on Waddle and Phillips. Um, and, and honestly, to be honest with you, I think Phillips is going to be more, under the microscope scope because um, you had the chance at 18 to take either Travis Etienne or um, Najee, oh my God, Harris. Najee Harris. So I think that from that perspective, and I understand, and I'm, 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 and I'm with Haggy. I know he was a big, you know, he was last uh, two years he's been on the uh, Ndakwe uh, train to bring them to Miami. I know pass rush is in need. We saw it last year. I think people, you know, get lost in the in the secondary and the interceptions and and all that. But there were many games that we couldn't create a pass rush if our freaking life depended on it. Um, so yes, uh, defensive end is a need. Um, but I think that. Overall, from a talent perspective, I think Najee Harris and Etienne were just a better overall at that position than I would say Phillips. And and I think that's why I think he's going to be under a microscope because of that. Because you had a chance to bring in two dynamic running backs. And yeah, you know, everybody says running backs are dime a dozen. Well, guess what? Our bag of, dime, our, our bag of dimes haven't worked. Okay? Because they're all garbage. <laughs> I've got two <laughs> quick statements. My first quick statement is that even though we now got an edge rusher, I still want more, but I'm happy for now. My second quick statement is the scheme for running backs and Brian Flores, the system is seventh rounder undrafted. Every single one of our, like maybe going to get playing time running backs fall under that category. Dokes, Malcolm Brown, Gaskin, mm-hmm. and Ahmed. All seventh round or undrafted. That's the scheme. Yep. 
He's like, uh, he's like, he's like how Adam Gase treated a uh, lineman. I believe when Adam Gase was here, one of his quotes, and I think it was Omar Omar Kelly that uh, wrote it or something. That uh, I think Adam Gase said he, you can you can find a lineman at a supermarket. So, you know, because obviously Adam Gase never addressed offensive line when he was here, um, and you know, Flowers are doing the same thing with running backs. So, um, that's uh that's interesting. But yeah, I, I agree with Haggy on that. Yeah. So I guess coming back to <coughs> pass rush, assuming that the Dolphins run a four three defense, which they're a hybrid defense, so I'm guessing that four three won't even be a base. You know, I feel like teams are moving towards a nickel package as a base. <coughs> but <coughs> the four down linemen right now for me would be projected to be Manuel Ogba. Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, and now Jalen Phillips. Do you guys feel comfortable with that being a starting defensive line? I don't want to be a fanalist Twitter person. Um, it's not my nation. But I think you're, you'd see more of a 3-4 with Davis, Wilkins, the guy we picked up from New England. With Ogba and Phillips being linebackers, outside linebackers, and then obviously Baker and McKinney in the middle. Right. Right. Yeah. I think. I think Bernardrick McKinney's been four three like that too. Yeah, I think Bernardrick McKinney has been a very under the radar acquirement from Agreed. the Dolphins. I don't. I don't know how to say that. What What I'm trying to say, but I feel like acquisition. His acquisition to the Dolphins has like glided. Nobody's talking about it, which is fine. But the dude's a Pro Bowl middle linebacker that's had tons of tackles, and he's a side-to-sideline guy, which I think, Haggy and I have discussed before, that the Dolphins have been forcing Jerome Baker to do too much. So he hasn't been able to perfect his craft because he has to do a little bit of everything. Right. And I think McKinney being side signed to the team – to take some of that weight off of Baker is going to make Baker that much better of a player. Agree. Agree. And I think we saw it in Baker's first year. One of the things that I said was you, you just saw, you know, when, when Baker was with McMillan, you know, Baker was doing great and everybody's like, Oh my God, this is a great draft pick. And so on and so forth. They got, you know, they traded McKin- they traded uh, McMillan and we saw the downfall in Baker. You know, he started, he started struggling. He was being asked to do too much. He wasn't the same. And then last year, we saw him once Van Ginkle, Van Ginkle started playing well, Van Noy, you saw the same thing that we saw Baker's rookie year. We saw it last year with Baker, you know, going up the gap, you know, dominating, um, playing hard, playing fast. And you weren't seeing that the year they got rid of, of Raekwon. Yeah, so for sure. I, I, I agree. And I think... Um, I, I agree with both of you. I think if we, I think if they run a four three, because you know it is hybrid. I I do see where uh, Tay, the players that you that you that you mentioned, I, I I feel confident with that. And as well as Haggy said, with the players on the three four, I agree. Also, don't forget Van Kinkle too. Um, you know he he will he's going to play a role, um, as well. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see. You know, I just want to say, and I know. You know, obviously, all eyes are on Tua. I'm not going to be blind about it. I'm not going to say no. 
But I will tell you, and I mean this sincerely, I, with the addition of Phillips, the addition of the safety, the the addition of uh, McKinney, uh, I want to see Baker take the next step, even though he's going to be a free agent next year. Um, Take the next step. Um, I am more excited. Let me rephrase it. I am more looking forward to this defense under year two of Josh Boyer. I and I think and I think Brian Flores, from a fan base perspective, has gotten a lot of criticism with coordinators changing uh, ever since he's been here. Every year it's a brand new coordinator but on both sides of the ball. Um, but I think the Josh Boyer uh, promotion, because I don't think he was brought on. I think he was uh he was uh he was I think uh he was a position coach uh before the one from last year left. I think the promotion of Josh Boyer was outstanding. Um I thought his play calling was good. Um and I'm 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 excited to see this defense year two of Josh Boyer. That's what I'm really more excited for. Hell yeah. Just so you guys know, Josh Boyer used to coach football where I went to college, so that's pretty dope. That is dope. Not very many South Dakota people make it to the NFL, so that's exciting. Um, but yeah, hey, I think I think that's a good point that you just made, Tank. The coordinator changing up and having some kind of consistency. I think part of the reason why a lot of people aren't talking about the two offensive coordinators is because it's so unknown to us. Like it's not a thing and it might be weird, but it might be awesome just because if something's not working, hopefully Flores can be like, Hey man, um, let's change it up a little bit. Right. And at the same time, I'm kind of worried about that because I feel like Flores was doing that last season anyway, with how different Chan Gailey called the game if Tua was in versus if Fitzpatrick was in. Right, right. Yeah. There, there's going to be there's gonna be people that defend both moves. You know, like there's Dolphins fans that will say like, oh, the reason why Fitzpatrick played better is because he was better quarterback. Or the reason why Tua struggled was because, you know, the plays weren't designed for him. But I think it was pretty obvious that the offense was completely different depending on which quarterback was in, which of course is not necessarily a bad thing because you want your offense to play best depending on whatever quarterback is in. But it didn't make a lot of sense to me how Tua could go for 300 yards against the Cardinals and then struggle to get any yards against the Raiders. Right, right. I think, um, you know, obviously I know, we, we, you know, we were going to get into that into that uh, conversation of the quarterback play, and, and I'm just going to give you my perspective. I don't think Fitzpatrick played any better. Um, you know, I don't think he was that much – of a better quarterback last year. I just don't. I think he played better the year before. And I think fans bring that in as well. They bring the previous year with last year. Okay. Um, I don't think he played that great. Um, obviously, you had Gailey on record say that he would call a different game for both QBs. You know, listen, it's like everything out, you know, in the world. You're always going to have your favorite. People are going to lean towards people, you know, that they trust, they know more, or they like more. And you had that with Gailey, with Fitzpatrick. There's no need to be blind about it. Could Tua have played better? Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and say no. But you can't tell me that you saw 
Tua's play, even even in the Rams game where he had his first trip, the his first play of his career was a strip uh, uh, sack fumble from um, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. I'm going. I'm going blank with names. Okay, but even even that game, he didn't play that bad. Okay, he had that had the TD throw to, to Parker. Then you had the Cardinals game, which was first of all that was a hell of a game on both sides. Okay, that was a great game, one of the top games last year. Then you had the Chargers game. Okay, he played well there. And then you had the whole situation in Denver, which in Denver he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing bad the first, the, you know, up to the first half. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. And I think, and one, so one of the things that I bring up with my buddies is that Brian Flores right now has a lot of equity, a lot of capital with this owner. Okay, because whether we agree with it or not, Everything he's done up to this point has worked from the trading, from releasing players, from signing players. It's worked. OK, so he has a lot of capital with with the owner. And so and that also falls to the front office as well, because um, everything you hear is Flowers and Greer are tied to the hip. Flowers and Greer are always communicating, you know, so he's bought himself a lot of capital. OK, Um I don't agree with the benching of Tua, okay? Because here's the thing. You went 500 with it, okay? You brought Fitzpatrick into the Denver game, and you got the typical Fitzpatrick, the pick in the end zone, okay? That's who he is. That's, that's who Fitzpatrick is. We can't sit here now and say, oh, my God, he's an all-pro quarterback. He's never been that. And he never will, and it never will be that, okay? So we just can now change the narrative of what his career has been, okay? And you had the Raiders game, which was a face mask, okay? Yeah. Sure, the offense move, I get it. There's, there's no denying that. But you went 500, okay? You can't sit here and tell me that you did that because you were in the middle of a playoff push, but then you performed like you did it against Buffalo, you can't, you can't, you can't say that. I, 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 I can't, I can't agree with that. I don't agree with the benching. Sam, and I think, I'd like to remind you that in the Buffalo game, Fitzpatrick tested positive for COVID, or else I think 100% he would have been thrown in there. But please keep going. But uh, that's fine. But okay, so what about the defense? I mean, yeah, the defense played, up. I think. One, one good series. I mean, w- they played one good series. It was up to that Brandon Jones interception. After that, it all went to crap. So, okay, yeah, you would have put Fitzpatrick in, but you, you, your, your defense still gave up 56. For God's sakes, there were receivers that couldn't even line up. Tool was telling them where to line up. Parker was telling them to where to line up. So you can't sit here and preach that you did it, which, first of all, that's never been done before, okay? Because I'm sorry, as much as this fan base love Matt Moore, and Matt Moore gets his dick ridden by this fan base. He was never brought in when Brian Tannehill was w- struggled. Never. Nope. And I don't think people pe- people would have wanted that. So that's never been done. I I don't agree with that. I, I don't. This is your rookie quarterback. You brought him in. You can't go on a winning streak, bench Fitzpatrick, 
put Tua in, which we all know he wasn't ready, okay? And then do what you did when your outcome was 500 and you didn't make the playoffs. Because if you tell me you did it, they, they squeaked out of Buffalo, then, hey, you know what? Fine. I'm not going to agree with it, but I understand it. But you went 500 with what you did, and you, stu- and you didn't make the playoffs. You lay an egg against Buffalo, which, by the way, it's very typical for Dolphins football to lay the egg at the final game of the season. Um, unless you play New England, because, you know, apparently we can beat them in December. Um, so, you know, um, aside from that, I, I do have my concerns with, with Flores um, and his decision-making uh, uh, with that. Um, and like Haggy said, the running back uh, position, the fact that it's not addressed. Um, you know, people are going to say, well, they addressed it last year and it didn't work. Fair, but just because something doesn't work doesn't mean you, you, know, you try to get better at it or get players that are more more fit to it because as much as everybody wants to talk about Gailey, I mean, Gailey couldn't get a running game going with anyone. So, um, and it, this all circles back to what you were talking about, the two offensive coordinators. This is why he can do this. Again, we are doing, the Dolphins have done things that are unorthodox, right? And it doesn't mean you can't do it, but it's never been done before, especially in this league. Okay, so you decide to promote two co-offensive coordinators. Again, no other coach with maybe maybe Bill Belichick can can get away with that. They just they just they just won't. So I don't know how that's going to work. Um, I do have my concerns about that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm intrigued to see the offense. Um, I am excited for it. I do believe Tua takes the next step. He's putting in the work. He's doing what you want, what you expect for him to do. Um, and, you know, does he take the next step? Do we get, because you, you, if you go back and you look at the games, you look at the, the, the Rams game, the Chargers game, and the Arizona game, you saw the body language, um, moxie. It was different to the remaining games, you know. Um, what, who knows it, could he have been hurt? Could it, you know, could have been a coaching thing? Uh, the benching, I think the benching affected him a lot. I think, you know, having Fitzpatrick, uh, breathing over his neck and while both of them had a great relationship, that's fantastic. I don't think you really see that in the league with backup with a starter quarterback and a backup quarterback. You don't, I think always, I think in my mind, the backup quarterback is always hoping that the starter gets his knee taken out so he can play. Okay. I just think backup quarterbacks think like that uh, and that they're highly paid as well. Um, yeah. But you saw a, re- a great relationship between both Fitzpatrick and, and, and Tua. And, you know, I just, I don't think it was handled correctly. And I think we saw it, we saw it towards the end, towards the end of the year. So um, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I think I think the offense and Tua take the next take the next step this coming year. Um, and we'll see if we can, you know, put it together. The other thing I will say is that the Dolphins have, you know, more draft picks next year. So worse comes to worse, if they feel that Tua isn't the guy, then they'll just 
cut bait and move along. The only thing I will say is I don't want, I want a proper evaluation and given the tools. I don't want another, and this is not a knock on Ryan Tannehill. I don't want another seven years. Okay. Where obviously you see it in Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill wasn't always the problem. Okay. It was coaching. It was, uh, Agreed. it was offensive skill weapons. Okay. It was offensive line. Offensive okay? line. It was, it was a running game. Okay. So unless your name is Tom Brady, a lot of quarterbacks need that for their development and for their career. Okay. So yeah. I don't want to hear, oh, but you, well, you well, can't always have well, everything. Tom, Tom Brady, again, he was relying on a running game and defense most of his career. In fair. my humble opinion. Fair. But, sorry. No, you're, that's fair. That's fair. You know, I, I agree. You know, he, did, he didn't have the greatest running game, but he had a running game. You know, so, so and you saw it. You see it with Tannehill <laughs> in Tennessee. You know, that's one thing I, I will say. And while I love Tua... And I'm happy he's a Dolphin, and I did want him. I haven't wavered on that. Uh, I am pro Tua, and I know he's going to take the next step, you know. Um, but I don't want seven years. I don't because we, we don't have that. We don't have that luxury. We've been mediocre for a long time. And, and I think the biggest worry Dolphin fans have, even though there's excitement this year, but deep down inside is we've seen this before. We've seen this 10-6 and six before. Right, we've seen the one and fifteen, right, to ten and six playoffs get blown the fuck out by the Ravens, okay, and then and then be, nothing, and then nothing, right? Gaze comes in, boom, great, ten and six. great year, ten and six playoffs, everything blows up, losing seasons the next two seasons, right? Obviously, with Flores again, it's similar, similar, similar path. Deal. Right? They blow everything up. They get the draft picks. They have the cap. 10 and 6 this year. And then now what is going to be this year? So fans are reserved in the excitement, but also like, shit, we've seen this movie before. Right? And I think this also what separates what's going to separate Flores from the previous coaches. Right? In the minds of some, of some fans. You know, okay. You had success. You've done basically what you want, because let's be honest, he like he he has, like I said, he has all the capital right now. Okay, I mean he traded he traded Minka a year after being drafted. He's got him. He signed Vanoy, big contract. They got rid of him. It doesn't matter if old, but they signed a good contract. It doesn't matter. The owner still opened the checkbook and paid him. Right, yep. he's done these things. Right, the 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 the. The benching of Tua for, for Fitzpatrick, all these things that he's done, and he's able to do it because he has capital with the owner, and the owner believes in the process, right? Everybody hates that word. It's a cliche word, the process, right? But this is what it is. So right now, you know, he can do no wrong. And that, to me, is what's concerning because you have, you know, the, offen- the, 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 the co-offensive coordinators, um, which, by the way, both both coaches are highly respected, especially um, not uh, not Godsey because uh, he was a tight end coach. What was the running back coach? Um, oh, I, I know he's remember. I know he's highly respected. So we'll see. Studeville. Yeah, Studeville. Studeville. You know, we'll see. We'll see what they can do. But again, you know, 
he's done things because he can buy himself he, he can buy himself that luxury, but will it work? You know, this year, can they put it off together? Can they make a run? Can they start games fast? Right? Because that's another thing, too. Everybody looks at just, you know, the outcome. And sure, the win-loss record is what matters. But come on. Dolphins start games slow. You know, it's always the start of the third quarter. They start putting some drives together. They get back in the games. You know, can this team start and finish? Right? Do you see that progression on both sides of the ball? Offense and defense. You know, can you play complementary football? And which we haven't seen that here in, in, in a long time. So I think this year, um, it's not, I don't think it's make or break for a lot of players. Even though people are saying it's make or break for Tua, unless he really shits the bed, which I don't think that's going to be the case. But I think it's make or break on the trajectory for the team from, the, from, a, from a fan base perspective. Because yeah. if they go seven and nine or what, seventeen games, I'm sorry. If they go seven and ten, or you know, they don't yeah. have a winning record, I think people are going to be down on the team. I I think it's even more so if the Dolphins do not have more than ten wins this year, the fan base will be will collapse. It, right. it truly will because we're to the point where we haven't won a Super Bowl in basically fifty years. Mm-hmm. We've seen basically every other team outside of the Jets do something to improve their roster tremendously to get their fans excited. And I feel like the Dolphins have been so mediocre and so complacent for so long that it doesn't take anything concrete to get Dolphins fans excited enough so that Steven Ross can keep shoving his pockets in. But if right. this were any other franchise, every other fan and supporter would be like, I'm not supporting this team until you do something different rather mm-hmm. than just a little bit to keep sucking them in. So right. if the Dolphins have less than 10 wins, 10 or less, they have to get 11. They have to get 11 and they have to secure the extra wild card spot at least to keep this franchise and this fan base afloat. Right. Unless unless Miami fans are that dumb, which we've seen plenty well, of dumb Miami fans. Well, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. that's 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 another conversation for another podcast episode. Yeah. But but I agree. I agree. And, and, and again, I just want to clarify from a fan's perspective. It's not that. The team is not making the right is not making the right moves. It's just that we're not we've run out of patience. OK, yeah. We just we're at a point where we've seen this movie many, many, many times. Right. So this year is big. And granted, you know, things are going back to normal. Um, you know, training camps happening. Uh, obviously, we saw, you know, we saw the images and the video tour and the players, 70 players showed up for the uh, for the mini camp or whatever it's called, I don't know the name of it. Um, so, you know, we didn't have that last year. You know, we didn't have any of that last year. So. You know, this year is it's a big year overall for just overall for the whole team. Um, and I'm 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 excited for it. I'm something you know, I'm excited for. It. I'm not going to sit here and say no. You know, Buffalo did leave a bad taste in my mouth. But again, um, you know, I think they showed up flat overall. Um, you know, we can blame it on whichever person you want or side of the ball. Um, 
Either way, it was 56 points that was given up, and it was a complete embarrassment, um, and it left people with a bad taste. Again, we've seen this movie before. Uh, right. Season, you get blown out the last game of the year, and then it just all goes to shit. So, um, but, but yeah, I'm excited. So, you know, yeah. um, turn it back <laughs> to you guys. Well, thank you, Take, so much for that. I'm glad that we got to bring you on for that beautiful, beautifulness. And I'm, I'm serious. That was great. And I think Tank hit every awesome point on there. But unfortunately, like every other Midwestern Finns, we got a time limit and we got to start wrapping things up here. Haggy, do you mind? Do you have a Midwestern Finns featured charity for this episode? Well, Tank chose our charity of the week, as our guests normally do. Oh, oh wow. I'm so used to saying that. Tank shows our Midwestern Fins featured charity, and we are going back to a classic, St. Jude's. Hell yeah. Love St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Absolutely. Great organization, and so honored to uh, pick them and then let them be the charity of the, uh, of the week. Um, and um, they do some great things, um, and, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we can, find, we can find some cures for these... Uh, for these horrible diseases and um and and these little these little kiddos can uh can live you know a normal life can flourish and grow yeah so yep. uh as much as you guys know i'm a alex at lemonade stand stand i uh am also a saint jude's children's hospital partner in hope and i donate twenty dollars every single month to saint jude's children's hospital so pretty proud of that that's awesome so yeah, anyone out there that's listening, feel free to you know if you can, if you can, and you can afford to open up your wallet, give a donation. They do some really, really great things, and the and the biggest thing that they do is that any child that walks through the St. Jude door, the parents never get a bill. Yep. Um, and that's amazing. That is a a a a stress relief off a of parent's mind, and all they can focus is being there for their kid, and the health of their kid. They don't have to worry about any bills or anything like that. Um, so they do a great, great, great job, great organization. Um, so if you can, if you can spare some change, please feel free to uh, visit stjude.com and, uh, and give a donation. Absolutely. But as always, we also unfortunately have to sign off. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Tank, thank you so much for joining Heggy and I on this awesome episode of Midwestern Fins. As always, you can find us uh, on really- Midwestern. Go ahead. Okay, so we didn't talk about anything Midwest. Uh, just throwing it out, ranch is the featured condiment of the Midwest. Um, if you're not <laughs> dipping your wings in ranch, then you need to move to the Northeast. Thank you. <laughs> Love it. Love I just it. Wanna say, I just want to say boneless wings are chicken nuggets. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Well, you're wrong. So. <laughs> Uh, it was an honor, gentlemen, for you guys to have me on. As always, I love it. I think this is my second or third time. It's always a pleasure to shoot the shit with you guys. Uh, I mean it sincerely. Um, and uh, hope uh, hope I'm back on another uh, another time, and we can continue this great, lovely Miami Dolphins road. Love sure. to see it. Thanks for coming on, thanks. Absolutely. All right. Peace out, everybody. Have a good night. Peace. Go Fins.